Hi everyone, and welcome to the 85th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hey guys. How's it going? Uh, doing good. I mean, what can I say? You know, we just uh, came off of a really yeah, crazy event. event. Crazy yeah. event. For sure. And we'll be we'll definitely be talking about that in a bit. Give us our give our thoughts on that. Uh I just wanna say, if anyone's keeping track, I don't know if did I mention this on the last show? I have another obsession. Another another gaming Again? obsession. Yeah. I might have I don't know if I mentioned it on the show last show or if I told you off the air, but I started playing Witcher Three. Oh yeah, you told me that. I told you that. I don't know if I told these guys that, but I just want to put it out there that I played through Witcher 3 all the way through. Uh, I finished the main storyline. I just started the... I can't honestly say I just started. I think I'm like two-thirds of the way through uh, of the DLC stuff. And I just got to say, Witcher 3, it's a big deal. It's pretty awesome. Like I, need, if, I need to pick that up myself still. I, I, had, I keep hearing good things about if it. If I had to describe it, it's kind of like somewhere in between a western rpg like uh elder scrolls you know like skyrim or yeah uh, oblivion it's somewhere in between that and an action jrpg because the the battle system is kind of kind of like kingdom hearts it's you know you're button mashing you know he's got a high jump like it's definitely unlike a lot of the western games that you play like it's it's not like really boring menus and then crappy combat the combat's not perfect i won't say it's not like bayonetta or or like metal gear rising where it's like really tight controls but it's like it's pretty good it feels pretty arcadey and uh you know like i said it kind of feels like kingdom hearts so if you like kingdom hearts you might like the witcher's combat and then in terms of like the rpg like my god the the quests Every single quest is an important quest. There are no fetch quests. Zero fetch quests. There are 450,000 lines of dialogue in this game. And throughout the entirety of my so far like 60-ish hour playthrough, I have not once heard Nolan North, Yuri Lowenthal, Laura Bailey, Jennifer Hale, Troy Baker, none of those guys. These are all unknown actors and they all do a great job. Like, if you wanted forever an RPG where you could just get in and everyone feels like a character and every quest is a proper quest, like, this this is this is the game for you. Like, like, literally, some of the quests that you just stumble upon have, like, a lot of writing in it. There's a lot of cutscenes in it with animation in it. Like, they're really dramatic. Like, it's like... It's like the the dream game that some nerdy fanboy would write on paper that would be just completely infeasible to make. They made that game. It's called Witcher Three. And if only the, Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy Fifteen were to take stuff from there. Yeah, and on top of that, like the DLC, it's ten dollars and you get ten hours of extra content. It is not like t- you you spend ten bucks and you get one quest. No, you get a full quest line, and it's one quest line that goes on for ten hours. And it's nice. like really long and detailed. It is a proper expansion to the game. And next year, they're releasing a $20 expansion. I think it's $20. That's going to be 20 hours and has another area. So, like, they they do the game. They do RPGs and modern video games right. So I highly recommend it. Witcher 3, very good. I'm sure, like, most people are, like, nodding, like, duh, of course, we've all been playing Witcher 3 this whole time. But, like, 
look, I just got to it. So <laughs> I'm just letting you know if you haven't played it yet. And if you're, you know, itching to play something because Kingdom Hearts 3 is not coming out for like, you know, I don't know, until all the energy evaporates from the universe. So anyway, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We run on a four-week rotation with a new show every other Tuesday with Final Fantasy Union and we come out on the iTunes store, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, YouTube.com, slash KHUnionVids, and KHAltimedia's Twitter, which is at KHAltimania. All right. Let's get down and dirty. We have a two-segment show today. We got news. We got questions. In the way of announcements, uh, as always, you guys can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. Just pledge a dollar and you'll be able to get an access to a whole nother show that we do every month. Uh, it's called Please Be Excited. Super cool show. If you like us, if you want another show, support us. Very cheap to get in and you get a whole nother show. Super awesome. And you help our Kingdom Hearts Union and Final Fantasy Union shows also get better, which we're looking to do next year. More about it next episode. And speaking of Patreon, we have some Patreon shoutouts today. If you guys want a Patreon shoutout, you just have to support us for $3 on the Patreon, and you can get a shoutout on the show. Uh, our Patreon supporters today are Michael Graham and Christian Bird. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, guys. We appreciate it. Absolutely. And uh, as a reminder, as always, be a part of the show. If you guys want us to answer your questions on the show, if you guys want us to talk about what you guys want to talk about, send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. So uh, if you got some like crazy theory that you want us to talk about or, or if there's like a really controversial subject matter, like, yeah, I don't know, is... is is Donald a good boyfriend to Daisy? I don't know. But if if you guys want us to talk about that, tell us. But in a form of a question. <laughs> Throw a question mark in there. So, in the way of news, no surprise here that we have the D23 event. We talked about it last show that it would be coming, and it did come. So, uh, kind of interesting. Bit controversial for some people. It was a very private event, so private that so far uh, not much has been released out of it, apart from a few screenshots and uh, some impressions from people at the show. Uh, none of the video footage has been released. I mean, so, basically, the event itself was similar to, to the uh, 2.5 launching event that was held um, yes. in Burbank that I attended. I mean, it yep. took them, um, I think, a good week or two. Before they released like an action, because they were recording during the um, the showcase, and they put together like a video of all the content that was shown, minus the yeah. making of Kingdom Hearts three trailer. Exactly. So I don't like nobody ever said anything about recording by Square Enix. So um, as far as anything goes in there, we'll have to wait and see when they'll release uh, when if anything like that comes out. Exactly. So. It's unfortunate that they decided not to show this footage, but honestly, I'm, I'm just going to say personally, it's not a huge big deal to me. My take on it is that this stuff is like really early release footage, and there's really, since Kingdom okay, let's be clear, Kingdom Hearts 3 is not coming out next year. In fact, it, you know, it, it'll be lucky if it'll make it in 2017, but I'm pretty sure it'll be 2017, most likely late 2017. Currently here, the year 2015 AD, uh, there is zero impetus to start pushing Kingdom Hearts 3 very hard 
from a PR standpoint. There's really no point in doing so. It's not com- yeah, it's not coming uh, out next year. It's not coming out in a couple months. They've got other games coming sooner. Well, because Squanish keeps doing the same thing and announcing games way too early. Yeah, I would say, if anything, that's that's the biggest takeaway from the fact that they didn't show footage is that 2013 was too early to announce Kingdom Hearts 3. But the fact that they didn't release the footage, it's honestly not that big a deal. So, uh, you know, and it's not the first time. It's not even the first time they did it for Kingdom Hearts 3. So, uh, personally... I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think people should be getting worked up over it. We'll get footage when there is footage to see. I would say in the meantime, uh, people should be playing video games that are out. Like The Witcher 3. I love it. Don't stop worrying about the future. Worry about now. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you can get hype for Final Fantasy 15. That's coming out next year. So that's going to that's gonna be awesome. You got Rise of the Tomb Raider coming out Tuesday. Rise of the Tomb Raider coming out soon. Fallout 4. Uh, hello probably out on the day we release this podcast in fact it is right <laughs> so i got my pre-order in so so uh i would say if you're getting too worked up on kingdom hearts 3 just remember the other stuff remember the positive stuff the stuff that's already out no worries uh also kingdom hearts 2.8 probably coming out next year you know probably in a year from now so uh that'll be awesome to finally have um but yeah kingdom hearts 3 that ain't coming out anytime soon so just relax Relax. It'll come when it's ready. So, uh, in the way of the D23 event, we did get some fan impressions of people that were there. So we're going to be talking about uh, some of the stuff that they did show at the event that we do know about. So first things first, uh, with regards to the Kingdom Hearts 2.8 trailer, uh, there was a lot of really cool scenes shown. uh, One of which we did get to see a little bit of in a screenshot which is pretty cool, uh, in the 0.2 section, 0.2 being uh, Birth by Sleep Volume 2 as we used to know it, uh, in the 0.2 part of that 2.8 trailer, uh, they showed uh, Yen Sid speaking to Riku and Kairi about why they must unite the seven lights uh, to protect the princesses of heart. And obviously, being that this is uh, 2.8, and uh, this is uh, you know Birth by Sleep uh fragmentary passage uh this was all done in really pretty ps4 graphics looks better than it ever did uh churro what did you think of uh kairi and riku's quote-unquote new look and just the the whole the whole difference of the the way the scene looks because it's like new graphics looks to to me it just looks weird i mean i I mean we're not used to like something like this i mean I mean, if, you know, if they were using, you know, the regular PS, you know, 3, you know, upgraded, you know, PS2 visuals and stuff, it wouldn't look so weird. But, like, since these are more looking more and more look like a, like a plastic, you know, toy, you know, it looks, looks kind of off. But, like, I mean, hopefully they'll have time to Improve, yeah. make it look more like that. I mean, it kind of it shows that. Disney's, I mean, not Disney, but Square Enix is trying to make them look more Disney-ish. Yeah. You know, with with the way, you know, how their characters look in modern, you know, in the modern movies like Frozen, Rick and Ralph, and, you know, Big Hero 6, making them look, all look like like, like yeah, dolls, exactly. you know? So, so I, I would say this is, like, ve- very slightly technical, but uh, I, I would agree with you, Churro. It, it doesn't. It looks better. Like it's definitely better than the, uh, the way that 
particular shot looked in uh in uh, Dream Drop Distance. Like the models are definitely higher quality, but to me, it's very clear that that Riku's model was originally a PS2 model and that they updated it. They brought it into Maya, increased the poly count, maybe sculpted more detail into it, but it's it's very clear that the source was a PS2 model. Same with Kairi's model. Um, the lighting in the scene is very flat, I, I found, even though there's like, you know, you know, you, you think it'd be a lot more dynamic looking because there's a, uh, there's one candle in the scene, so it should be quite a dark space, you know, maybe some candle. But it looks so bright Yeah, in it's there. very bright in there, very flat lighting. I, I would say if it was me, if they let me have that scene in the Unreal Engine editor, I would, uh, make sure the scene was a bit darker, uh, maybe have some very clear, defined, uh, lighting coming from the windows, because there is there are windows in that uh, room. So I would say maybe have the window light, you know, drifting into the scene and then have a brighter candle and have the candle be more of a contributing factor to the lighting in the scene. Because honestly, the lighting in the scene was very flat and I don't think that's indicative of the final game. Uh, Something that I've noticed in a lot of like modern games, especially Square games, uh, that use physically based rendering uh which sounds ridiculous for kingdom hearts because it's very cartoony but it it is using physically based rendering uh because that's what unreal engine 4 has uh the thing with physically based rendering is it can look super super accurate but if you don't provide the right lighting information it can look very flat Mm -hmm. even to me like mickey looks kind of off yeah with all that i would say my main problem with mickey is that the lighting it really doesn't do him justice because not enough of the detail in his face is visible. Like it looks, he looks kind of almost smudged in a way. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, it has to be the angle of the the shot was yeah. taken. So I think if we're if we were able to see like and like in a movie format, you know, it probably look somewhat a little bit yeah. better. But like with and, that and angle, I think, it just yeah, look I think right. with better lighting that would be resolved because you would see you know shadows casting in the right place, so you could actually you know, discern the forms of Mickey's face. Uh, but yeah, I, I, it would definitely look a little bit on the unpolished side. Um, actually, I felt pretty much all the screenshots they showed were a little bit on the unpolished side. Not bad by any means, but like, uh, like the second I saw them, I felt like, man, I would do this, this, and this to that screenshot. <laughs> if I, if I had okay. access to the scene, I'd do this, this, and this. And yeah. And, and to be fair, anytime I see anything from Final Fantasy fifteen, I feel that way. Like, man, why is that mountain so flat? Why are there trees like blurry? <laughs> Only someone like you can see it that way. Like to me, it just looks. When I look at it, it yeah. looks pretty. You know, like it's kind of like you. You have like the powers of the wood. You can see through. You can see the yeah, matrix like, code. And you can see I all the. See- like when. Yeah. When there's someone like me just looks at it, I just see it the way it is, and you're just like, oh man. Yeah. It's, totally off doesn't look like that and, and all that You're, I'm, I'm just looking at you like it looks pretty to yeah, me though yeah i know i know most people see it that way but anytime like man anytime i see like a final fantasy screenshot or final fantasy 15 screenshot and i see there's like a very undetailed mountain and then the tree is just a flatly shaded bl- blob of green i'm like man you know you there, there's like so many things you you could do in this shot that wouldn't affect the you know how much it takes to to actually render the scene there's so much cheap things you could do that would just instantly make it look better i'm just like man 
Wish I could do that. Anyway, getting off top. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I thought it looked a little bit on the unpolished side, but, you know, again, it's not a publicly released video. I honestly think they probably shouldn't even have shown the screenshots because they looked a little unpolished, but uh, it's very clear. This is a work in progress. The games are both, uh, you know, 2.8 and Kingdom Hearts 3 are very early, so. At least, um, at least they didn't have, like, a release date shown because that, that would be with the with the state of these and what we're looking at i don't think it's really ready for a release date to be said yeah exactly but i will say you know just to defend uh you know 0.2 a little bit the shot that we got at a tokyo game show of aqua yeah that, that was, was perfect that looked amazing yeah that that to me looked like a perfectly polished scene that's the level of detail plus, that plus not only that famitsu only parts. releases like really low quality shots but um but like yeah. i was looking <sighs> at the ones they released at the press site and even then even though they were because those are only 720 you know resolution it still looks yeah. kind of you know not high quality like good quality like yeah it's kind of it's kind of weird something i noticed that you know also relates to final fantasy 15 a bit like a lot of the Final Fantasy 15 uh, screenshots they were they were releasing recently, like around September October, even those looked pretty bad. Like uh, I don't know if you saw saw that one shot of them all in the chocobos and how terrible like the the faces of the characters look. Like they were completely obscured. Like some people were even comparing it to how the faces uh, of Final Fantasy characters looked on the PS1 because you could barely see yeah. the face. Like. There's just so much, uh, so much artifacts on the screen. So it's like, I don't know what's going on. Like they're releasing these really low quality screenshots, and I'm not sure uh, why. Well, they've been doing it uh, for quite some time now. So, it, and which we still don't yeah. understand why. You know, it's like, it's kind of funny because it used to be that they would release bull shots that look way better than the actual game, but now it's more like the uh, the screenshots look look worse than the footage that we get. Yeah. <laughs> like, because the Chocobo footage of the FF15 stuff look amazing, look excellent, but the screenshots look terrible. I think, I I think it just on. goes to say that we just have to, whenever they release any footage of this, it'll probably look a lot better than the screenshots themselves. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not personally worried, but you know, just just an observation of what we, what they provided for us. Uh, so yeah, next bit of information uh, in that. Uh, uh, Kingdom Hearts 2.8 trailer. They also had a scene of Mickey talking to Rikun Kairi about how he was recently in the realm of darkness. But, but my thing is, why did it take him so long to reveal all this? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of interesting because, like, so we know for sure Mickey went to the realm of darkness during the timeline of Kingdom Hearts One. Like that—that's—that's that's the like main point that we know he went. But when did he go? What? You know, what time is he referring to when he's speaking to Riku and Kairi in this moment? Is he referring to that time, you know, a year ago, a year and a half ago from that point in Kingdom Hearts 3D? Or did he just go recently and see Aqua and whatever? Like, it's it's kind of weird, you know? Yeah, no, there's, there's so many things that the king has to own up to now, now that they're in a bad situation here like mickey needs to really just fess up with everything and i, I hope i hope they yeah. give him a good reason why he's kept quiet this entire time yeah because like if you think about it so 
how many opportunities has the king had to talk about the realm of darkness? So I would say, you know, there's plausible deniability when it comes to Kingdom Hearts 2, because most of that game he's in hiding, yeah. right? So that that's fine. And fine not only that, it's not just the realm of darkness, but like, you know, Terra, Aqua, and Ventus, you know? Yeah, like it's everything, like, you know, yeah. It's, it's um, like they waited until Sora was like really in grave danger in Kingdom Hearts 3D before they're like, oh, yeah. oh, we forgot to say this here. You know, there's three people we need to well, collect. To, to, yeah, yeah. To be fair, though, to be fair, though. So throughout in the entirety of Kingdom Hearts 2, so he, he when you're interacting with him directly, he doesn't talk about any of that. And he's in the ending of kingdom hearts 2 he's on destiny islands eventually i guess they leave and don't talk about any of that stuff and it isn't until he gets back home and decides to go through all that stuff with the journal and recoded and it's not until after that that he decides maybe i should write sora a letter about some stuff that happened that so he basically he just took the events of recoded for him to actually start talking about this stuff yeah it took it took him all all that time to be like yeah maybe we can talk now so it's like i don't know i'm i'm not sure that that's all that clear why he just decided not to talk hopefully hopefully they just reveal this in in 2.8 now speaking more practically because i anytime one of these weird story points comes up i always want to think practically in reality the reason he's not talking about it is because Nomura didn't plan it at the time when he was writing all those other stories. Yeah, if you look what, at it that way. What we're really asking for is for Nomura to come up with a reason. <laughs> we need Nomura we to come up with another reason to explain all that away. Why he just kept quiet for all that time. You know, is he just a jerk? Is, is that it? You know, I don't know. Uh, that, that's what happens with these long-running series. Uh, you know, you, you just keep writing, you keep writing, and, you know things tend to break down in, in terms of like continuity and uh you know people's motivations become obscured when you keep adding layers to the story yeah uh, if you want to see another great example of that just play the metal gear solid series and then at the end of it ask yourself why did any of the characters do any of the things they did now that you know everything it's about basically the like series. putting everything out there and then just filling in the gaps yeah uh, I don't know if Nomura will bother spending any time on it, but I kind of hope he does a little bit. Uh, it's it's always nice. It's kind of funny uh, for any of you that played Metal Gear Solid Five, uh, the Phantom Pain. Like, I would say at least like twenty percent of the tapes in uh, MGS Five were devoted to either walking things back from previous games that Kojima messed up in the writing or explaining away. Uh, plot inconsistencies like there there's like this one character that they revealed to be a specific woman from metal gear solid 3 but in metal gear solid 1 they referred to that character as a man so in metal gear solid 5 they had to be like oh well uh, uh no one really knows who this guy is maybe it's a man maybe it's a woman i don't know and it, it took them all the way till metal gear solid 5 to fix that i don't know it's kind of weird Okay, so that's that part of the trailer. Uh, moving on to stuff in the trailer that referred to uh, Kingdom Hearts back cover. Uh, in the back cover portion of the trailer, uh, they had fully voice acted characters. Uh, from what I'm hearing, there was like four of them, like two female, two male. They were talking in the trailer, and they were talking about the traitor that has the uh, missing page from the Book of Prophecies. So I'm guessing... 
Like everything that we're hearing about Kingdom Hearts back cover seems to be pointing out that it's about the traitor more so than anything. And, uh, the, uh, yeah, because there's five unions and there, and there were six foretellers. Yeah. So basically, we, we've traitor. heard from four foretellers already. So that just leaves two. Exactly. So. It'll be interesting to see how that uh, how that pans out. I still I still can't wait to see how back cover relates to all this and I, they, how much of you know how much of actual Kingdom Hearts key do we need to know? Can can someone can someone just survive on back cover? That's what I want to know. Not only that, they they showed off in the making of part a 3D model of Daybreak Town too. Like, yeah, that's interesting. Basically, that's you know more likely will appear in back cover, so it'll be pretty amazing to see how it look. Yeah, exactly. And that that, you know, the fact that they did show Daybreak Town in that very pretty quality pretty much uh confirms well, two things. That Kingdom Hearts back cover is gonna be pretty amazing to witness because it's gonna be very pretty, all these awesome PS4 graphics. Well, PS4 slash Oh no, just PS4. It's not coming out on Xbox One. Anyway. Nope. So it'll be really pretty to watch because if if anything is pretty graphics that we've not really seen from Kingdom Hearts and uh that really increases the likelihood that we'll see Daybreak Town in Kingdom Hearts 3 because there is no way that they are putting that much money into a side game or into a not, not just a side game there's no way they're putting that much money into a port of Kingdom Hearts 3D and a couple tiny side games any effort they're putting in that they're going to reuse it you know yep. Even if it's just for a cutscene, like some point in the game, this is just an excuse for them to create content, and they will change the story of Birth by Sleep Volume Two to make that happen. You know, yes, especially when Nora had time to actually put it together. Now, exactly. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. So that I mean, that really just it, it to me, it really spices up the deal when it comes to Kingdom Hearts Two Point Eight that. You know, the fact that they're, you know, they're building out of a 3D model of Daybreak Town. And like, from my experience, that is such an amazingly beautiful uh, place in Kingdom Hearts, uh, in Kingdom Hearts Key. And I can't wait to see what that's like in full 3D. Um, I also want to know how it relates to uh, that uh, Cable Town place. If that's, if that's like the same place or. Because, because like, because I'm looking thinking back about that footage from 2.5 because like the one because the reason why we i mean first we called atlanta departure but like like i was um going back on it and i'm thinking it looks more and more like daybreak town so like yeah like maybe so, it's uh maybe it's a case of like uh how hollow bastion was how it was originally radiant garden and then they something yeah, happened and renamed it because I mean, because I mean, I'm not saying it's day actually Daybreak Town, but like the weird thing is, it it went from showing off that this new place, and then mm-hmm. the camera pans inside the window, and then you just see Sora walking in the big giant you know study room towards the chess pieces, and lo and behold, those same chess pieces were used in the conversation between young Ericus and young Zaynort talking yeah, about exactly. you know the Keyblade War, you know, so basically. It could be a new place altogether. It could be, you know, Daybreak Town can have some sort of like influence on what this new places could be. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. And yeah, uh, you know, the fact that we're getting back cover, which is mostly videos, but it's videos in a pretty place. And we're getting, uh, you know, Birth by Sleep 0.2, you know, uh, 
and on top of that you get to have fully hd uh dream drop distance that's making me a lot more excited for kingdom hearts 2.8 honestly so can't wait to hear more about that moving on to the kingdom hearts 3 footage that they were showing uh some of the interesting stuff that was in that trailer uh they showed uh, so they showed a lot of uh, new scenes uh, of battles in some areas that we've already seen. So I'm assuming like uh, like the Tangled World and uh, probably Olympus Coliseum. Uh, or Well, not the Coliseum, but like Mount Olympus and the wilderness area around there. Uh, apparently there was like a new flower-like heartless that was shown. And uh, very interestingly, there was a nobody. There was a nobody shown. And this nobody was wielding a scythe and had flower petals around it. And Nomura specifically was like, well, I'm sure you can all guess who this nobody originates from. So obviously it's Marluxia. I, I like the way he actually said that because like, we haven't seen Marluxia since yeah, Chain of Memories. In, in a long time. So uh, I think we can add him to the list of <laughs> he's probably... I'm kind of surprised that nobodies are like coming back like... Because you would think that, you know, even though nobody's going to be created, mm-hmm. you know, just like a Heartless would. Yeah. But, like, you know, we haven't seen, you know, nobody's in quite some time as well. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. I think n- now that we, we're sort of sort of being hinted that um, Marluxia is probably going to be one of the Xehanorts, now that we're getting that, it, it's really kind of interesting because I think that a bulk of the uh, new organization, 13, will be those former uh, uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 organization, 13 members, but it's not obviously not going to be all of them because uh, Zehanort, Zemnus, and Young Zemnus, or Young, Young Zehanort, all of them are on there. So some of the old organization, 13 members are going to be on the on our side effectively you know we got lee it seems like uh zexion or, or what's his like actual name elios or eon i don't know that guy that guy <laughs> that guy the guy with the book he's he seems like he's on our side uh luke sword Dulor. <laughs> he's on our well, side like well well we don't know for sure well like he, said, he may not be him. but i'm just saying at the beginning of uh, Dream Drop Distance, they were the rejects that just appeared at uh, Hollow Bastion. And uh, for whatever reason, most of the others aren't there. And I'm guessing if you're not there, <laughs> you're with uh, the, the Zehanorts. Either that, because like, they, don't they reappear where they were made uh, yeah, to nobody? That, yeah, that's, that's, that seems to be the case. Though... Uh, well, uh, we don't know much about this, but Axel Lee appeared there too. So I'm guessing at some point that's, that's where Lee stumbled into and that's how he became Axel. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we don't know that backstory. Maybe we'll get that backstory in Kingdom Hearts 3. That'd be pretty cool to see how, uh, Lee became a, uh, became a, a nobody. But yeah, it seems like uh, maybe the original Organization 13 wasn't as much of a failure because it seems like they're they're retrieving some of the more devious members and uh, keeping them on. Well, I mean, of course, Isa because he was the one that yeah. was very heavily involved within the building of Kingdom Hearts and Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense for him to be so he's one of in, the integral roles. Xemnas is in. 
Marluxia seems to be in. Uh, and then, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see who fills the gaps in the new Organization 13 and what role the people that aren't in the new Organization 13, the leftovers from the old Organization 13, it seems, it'll be interesting to see what their role is in all of this. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. Um, and then another interesting thing is that there was a new attraction flow shown, and this was shown in a screenshot, so if you haven't already seen it, definitely look for it. Uh, I'm sure we have a screenshot on kingdomheartsunion.com. Uh, is the new uh, attraction flow ride that seems to be based on Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blaster, which uh, I I personally have ridden on. It was quite fun. Uh, that, that is a fun ride. Definitely a fun ride, because it's actually interactive. You're actually shooting, uh, well, it's like lasers like a laser tag sort of thing, which it's actually an interactive ride. So it's kind of interesting. So that'll be pretty cool to see how that works in, uh, in the game. And the more interesting implication is who, I wonder if these, you know, these attractions, how they relate to the worlds that are included in kingdom hearts three. Kind of like how the summons were too. Exactly. Though. Yeah. If you bring up the summons, you know, in previous Kingdom Hearts games, there were plenty of summons that didn't have worlds. In fact, most of them didn't. Not to later Kingdom Hearts, at least. Like, you know, in Kingdom Hearts 1, I think it was like, apart from Tinkerbell, they all didn't have worlds. You know, you had Bambi and uh, Simba. And then and uh, Kingdom Hearts 2, you know, you had... Um, Chicken Little. The Land of Dragons, yeah. you know, up here. And yeah, Land of Dragons showed up, and then Pride Land showed up, and they remember you being their summoner. Uh, but you also had Chicken Little and Lilo and Stitch, and or, or Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. Uh, though Stitch got a world in Birth by Sleep, but it's not clear if that's the end of that because he could. Yeah, we could get a uh, Hawaii world. That would be so awesome, man! Could you imagine Lilo and Stitch's world? How beautiful that would be in Kingdom Hearts Three, man! And then have you know one of the mini games, Sora Surfing. Yeah. To, oh man, that'd be so cool. So yeah, I. I I, I would totally be okay with that if they had a Lilo and Stitch world. But though, though also, I, I kind of would understand because it might be maybe too similar to Destiny Islands. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll have to see. Oh, speaking of Destiny Islands, Destiny Islands better have a bigger role in Kingdom Hearts 3. I want to I explore the main island. I want to have, like, actual story stuff happen there. Because like, we, never, we never really enjoyed Destiny Islands all that much. We should, we should see their school. Yeah. We should just lure Zehanord over there. <laughs> just be like, screw the Keyblade Graveyard. Let's have it. Let's have our battle at, at Destiny Islands. Yes, we're gonna like, <laughs> we're putting everybody in danger. But look at the location. It looks awesome here. Get a tan. I mean, yeah, Zehanord, you're already tan. But like, look at Kyrie. She's so white. Like, and she lives here. She needs a tan. Come on. I don't know. Going on a crazy tangent. But, uh, so yeah, uh, Buzz Lightyear, Astro Blaster, uh. Well, they call it like Space Shooter or something like that. That's their generic name for it. But we we know it's the Buzz Lightyear Astro Blaster. So yeah, that's that's the one thing I'm thinking. That's like they don't they don't have the official names of these things. So, it's so like, are weird. They not, are they not allowed to have like the official names? Which is so weird because they're working with Disney and like it's not like Mickey Mouse is named Mouse Guy. <laughs> you know. It's, well, I mean, technically they do. They they do say that with the worlds, you know. Yeah, with the worlds, like, true. They have their own unique names, but I've always saw that as like 
Well, well, they're not really unique names. It's just that it would be dumb if they called the planet Aladdin, you know? Mm-hmm. The world is based off of the name of the actual location. Now, it is weird that an entire planet is called Agrabah, but... <laughs> and an entire planet is called Neverland, and part of it, it occurs in London, but, you know, I don't know. It's, it's Kingdom Hearts. Don't think about it too hard. That's the that's the first thing. Don't think about Kingdom Hearts too hard. It'll break too late down. For that. <laughs> yeah, it'll break down. So anyway, so that pretty much covers what we know about the D twenty three event. Um, I'm sure that there will be uh, proper interviews with Nomura uh, that it will be released in probably Famitsu and Tenkeki and stuff like that. They're probably on embargo right now. It'll probably be released later. Uh, cause we do know for a fact that they were all present at the event and usually they don't cover an event unless they, you know, get an update with Nomura, uh, at least Famitsu and, uh, probably Dengeki. So just keep your eyes out for that. And, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we'll get more information and maybe we'll get the trailer, but honestly, no skin off my nose if, if we don't get it. Cause it didn't seem like, like if I'm honest, the stuff that they showed from what we hear, sounds pretty cool, but honestly, I don't. I could take it or leave it if there's a trailer for it, because they didn't even re- show a new world. They didn't show really any new characters. They only showed old characters that, spoiler alert, look exactly the same as they did in previous games. You know, like, for the most part, there's really nothing new to see, so I'm not, I think, I'm I think not annoyed by like- it. I think them not revealing a new world shows how, like, they're not ready. Yeah, exactly. Like, the last time they revealed a new world was with Big Hero 6, and all they could show us was concept art. So I would say let's be patient. Let's wait till they can show more worlds. Um, Like, I wouldn't be surprised if leading up to E3 that they really had to work hard to get both... Maybe not the Olympus area, because they were working on that for a while. But I would say definitely for the Tangled area, I'm sure they spent so much time ramping up for E3 to make sure that tower looked good. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure they made special effort just so they could get that area to look good. And that's not indicative of the level of completion of other worlds. Uh, which is opposite of how Final Fantasy XV is doing things. Uh, Final Fantasy 15, they're working on all areas at all times, which is why they haven't been showing trailers, uh, because no one area is in a state of completion that they can actually show it, show in a trailer. So they don't have enough stuff to show in a trailer uh, because they're prioritizing uh, development because uh, if you don't know, it really sucks uh, in a development environment when you have to ramp up your development specifically for uh press conferences because that means your development is sort of like catering to the press conferences and not catering to what's natural for development so that's why final fantasy 15 has gone quiet if you didn't know um and because they like they went like way too hard on their little promotional tour yeah, they went really hard on their promotional tour, and they really couldn't show anything because they don't have enough to show. Uh, but by it's... by the time March rolls around, which is when they promised they would show big stuff again, by then enough of the game will already be finalized that they can show big stuff again. Um, 
so yeah if, if you've ever like if you ever follow game development like for example with bioshock i think that's a really great example every time they showed bioshock infinite it was different every single time like it was a completely different game and pretty much nothing with the exception of like the final trailers released for the game pretty much none of the old trailers had anything to do with the game they actually released like they cut all that content and some of it was uh you know downgraded like especially gameplay wise they downgraded a lot compared to what was actually released as bioshock infinite and they got a lot of flack for that and the reason it was like that you know they they revealed that literally every time e3 was coming up they focused all of their development to make that demo and unfortunately those demo ideas didn't pan out when they actually tried to make the actual game so that's why things are so different from you know e3 trailers to actual game that you get in your hand it's because kind of like a plus what the demos like episode to sky and yeah that final release product will be it'll be yeah it'll be definitely different though in the case of episode to sky i'm actually okay with that because the kind of demos that that i was talking about those are like those hands-off demos and man Mm -hmm. they cheat so much because it's hands-off a lot of the times they'll like they'll build in ways that the person controlling the demo they can trigger events to happen and they're like completely scripted like they're completely scripted none of that is like actual ai that's working they completely planned out the path that they're going to go through the thing like which is um if you remember the um uncharted 4 demo that they had at e3 exactly sony the reason why it wasn't going and all that yep so that's a that's exactly the kind of thing that that happens so it just it looks like a game if you're not holding it it looks like the final product but when you actually hold on to it you can see that most of it isn't which working. is weird because like i remember the uh, last of us demo that they showed at the sony yep. press conference and like all the things that they had you know in the game like that demo that they showed off was nothing like you know the full game like half the stuff that 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 occurred in that scene you know you make it to that point in the actual game and like you none of that stuff happens exactly which is uh, and and that's why i'm okay with the episode to sky demo and why i'm okay with the idea of uh you know birth by sleep 0.2 is that while they're both trials of the game and they will be different from the final product kingdom hearts 3 and final fantasy 15 respectively while they'll be different at least they're developing something that we can play in our hands and it's helping the development team prepare to release an actual product and get something to a high level of polish especially in the case of final fantasy 15 like they had to do a lot of optimization work on luminous engine to make sure it ran well on you know on the xbox and on uh, on ps4 and this will you know this sort of thing will give the same opportunity for the kingdom hearts team at least on PS4, that they can get their, you know, they can get their entire rendering pipeline, everything to run performing properly, you know, in a polished state for everyone to play. And we'll be able to get it in our hands. So they have to be a lot more scrutinizing with the, you know, level, level of polish that they go for. So I'm okay with those kinds of demos because those are, those actually take a lot of, they take a lot of work and they're very beneficial to the, uh, the final project final product because you already did a lot of the optimization work in advance so you don't have to worry about that as much if you you know further down the line so that's good 
So that pretty much wraps up the news segment. Uh, and now we're going to wrap it up with some questions from you guys. Uh, as a reminder, if you guys want to be on the show and have your questions answered, please send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. This first question comes from Ross Quinn, and Ross Quinn asks, or states and asks, So I've been playing Persona 4, Dancing All Night, a lot lately, and I was wondering what Kingdom Hearts, what a Kingdom Hearts version would be like. So, what do you guys think the game would be like? What songs do you want, and who do you want to dance them? So, Turo, if there was a Kingdom Hearts dancing all night, what songs would you want, and who would you want dancing those songs? I mean, of course, Simple the Simple Clean Sanctuary, but like they would have to be like remixes, though, like or re or yeah. rearranged versions I, of them. I think it depends. Like, for example, the opening version of Simple and Clean, I think that's fine because it's like a techno version. Yeah, that, like some like that, but like half the things they would have to do like remixes because yeah. you can't really dance to like orchestrated music. <laughs> true. That's so it's true. like uh, like you would have to you know. <sighs> I mean, I love some of the the uh, battle themes like the Thirteenth Struggle, yeah. you know, Darkness of the Unknown, and uh, but half the time, most of them are like really beautiful, dramatic pieces, you know. So they would have to really like do stuff like, for example, Rage Awakened. Um, yeah, those are good. Was, to me, like the ba- the battle themes are more faster pace than like normal, like you know, just like standing idle, you know, in towns and worlds and stuff. Yeah. You know, the overall themes, you know. Well, with, so. with Persona 4 Dancing All Night, the way they did it is they had a small collection of songs that were the original versions of the songs, and then they hired like a bunch of famous Japanese DJs to remix the songs, and they would also have remixed versions of the songs. Uh, so, I mean, Persona's like really hard to compete with when it comes to danceability because Persona's soundtrack is very groovy and jazzy so that makes sense to dance to but i could i could see kingdom hearts music working because uh you know they had that tribute album where they got a bunch of you know famous djs to remix uh, i mean, I mean you, can, you can i mean you can remix pretty in pretty much anything yeah exactly just, so I, I think it would I require mean, i think for kingdom hearts it would require a lot more remixing like i don't think you can just take raw kingdom Hearts songs for the most part yeah. apart from like simple and clean uh i was thinking like maybe you know you could have one for each disney world like for me personally i think anything from one of the tron worlds would be awesome like because they're already techno music so it makes sense i mean things like uh you know like uh like uh what's it called the grid because you know daft punk originally composed the soundtrack for that and you know yeah. that's their style of music uh but uh ishimoto was the one that you know kind of rearranged it for 3d yeah and then you have um the the world ends with you music too as well yeah world ends with you would be awesome and you could have you could dance with like neku or shiki or whoever uh but yeah it'd be it'd be kind of cool you know if you had like each world is uh you know based on a disney world and it's got a remix from a disney song uh, or at least a remix of the song that was you know the world theme of that world in kingdom hearts uh and then you could probably like dance with wh- whoever your party member was from that world um i mean as far as uh, people who to dance i mean it's obvious the protagonist yeah but Sora, then like, you would Kairi. but then you would unlock like antagonists as well oh that'd be awesome. <laughs> imagine having masters in or you know, oh, then, then you can unlock these really you know dance costumes you know yeah definitely uh that would be pretty cool um 
you know, it, it's kind of the same argument. I know in a previous, uh, maybe it was the last episode, man, the, Sometimes I forget when we answer these, but uh, we were talking about, you know, what would a Kingdom Hearts theat rather theat rhythm be like? And I think it's kind of the same, the same thing, you know, y- you kind of want like more upbeat music. Well, with theat rhythm, it doesn't really matter. They do orchestral music all the time. But I think if they were to do like a, like a proper rhythm game that was a dancing game, uh, it, it would, it would need to be a more danceable song. So they would do a doubt. They would definitely need to hire someone to like actually remix this stuff or use some of the remixes they already have uh, from the tribute album. Like they, they had some cool ones over there. Uh, but yeah, I think it'd be pretty cool. Uh, I think it would be especially cool because all the characters would probably need new dancing costumes. So, you know, more things for people to cosplay and stuff like that. Like I always love when Nomura does alternate costumes for the kingdom hearts characters. Yep. And the fans go crazy over that stuff. Oh yeah. Especially, especially them. And uh, Churro, you want to take this last one? Yes, the last one is written by Eduardo Mesa, and he writes, Do you think KH 1.5 and 2.5 would be ported to the PlayStation 4? You know, if you'd asked me last year, I would say absolutely. If you asked me this year, I'm getting a little confused and concerned. I'm sure they will. Let me just start with that. I'm sure they will. My confusion right now is I'm not sure when they will. Because, like, in terms of, like, the schedule of things, uh, you got, you know, you got 2.8 coming out next year, most likely. And if that's the case, it'll be likely that Kingdom Hearts 3 will come out in 2017. So that would leave, you know, 2018 for Kingdom Hearts 1.5, I mean, 2.5. I mean, Nomura will have, we'll, we'll need to buy some time for the next series True. of Kingdom Hearts and, and games. That, that would be a great reason to release uh 1.5 and 2.5 and and 2.8 i mean they they end three in a, in a giant like bundle yeah you know? that would be good my only concern with that is okay so it comes out 2018 um at that point the ps3 xbox one will have been five years old at that point and everything that we've heard from uh both sony microsoft and uh yeah, well, Sony and Microsoft, because they're in their own cycle, is that this is going to be a short generation again, and that the next generation is going to come a lot sooner than uh, that it took for the PS4 to come. And uh, Nintendo is going to be coming with, out with the NX, whatever that's going to be, very soon. But that's more in line with, as far as we understand, that's more in line with the level of quality that the PS4 and Xbox are at. So I would say uh, the release of... 1.5 and 2.5 on PS4 will be contingent on Microsoft and Sony's plans for the next consoles. Uh, that said, that didn't stop 1.5 and 2.5 coming out on PS3 because both of those came out, you know, towards the end of the lifetime of those consoles. But that's the problem they had with 1.5 and 2.5 is that they came out at the end of the console cycle. So people were already moving on. So. They didn't sell as well as they probably could have, and I mean, I, th- I mean, they they did all right because you know you're getting majority of the series into true, you know, two games. But it, it sort know. of defeats the purpose of them because the purpose of them is that we get all the games on one platform, and then uh oh, PS3 is dying, and we have to release Kingdom Hearts three on another platform. So it kind of defeats the purpose of them. Is you know, you know, it, it didn't have the same effect that. Uh, type zero had where 
you know, Final Fantasy Type-0, they released it on PS4 and Xbox so that people that wanted to play Final Fantasy 15 would already have a PS4 and Xbox prior to Yeah, they're, they're just to doing out. it to help boost um, console sales, exactly. too. Exactly. So I, I think that's... That, that's mainly it, where that, I'm that, that, that's kind of like where 2.8 is coming in to help boost console sales. That's why 2.8 exists is because of that, because they they couldn't, you know, they couldn't reasonably port those to PS4 because it, it you know it hasn't been that long since they came out on PS3, so they're probably putting those on the back burner for now. So yeah, uh, again to answer your question, I'm sure they will at some point, uh, and if not the PS4, maybe PS5, but. My concern is I'm not really sure when because I really don't know when would be a good time because the, I mean, man, like the, apparently the console cycle is like ending a lot sooner and like it, it makes me really question like what's going to happen to like Final Fantasy VII? Like is that going to be ready by 2018? Like they just announced it 2015 and it seemed like they hadn't really been developing it that much. Is three years enough to remake Final Fantasy VII? I don't think so. Like, are they going to have to release it cross-platform? Are they going to have to release it only on the next gen? Like, man, like, it, it, things get really confusing in this generation because it's apparently going to be a lot shorter than, uh, than we're, well, than we're used to now. Because these generations used to be always this short. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully we get it someplace because I really want Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5 to be rescued from the PlayStation 3 as soon as possible. Hopefully they can bring it to PC. I would love it there. Uh, we all would. <laughs> yeah, make it a lot easier because you know what? The PC doesn't... We don't have to worry about the PC too. It's it's just the PC, you know? Yep. It's It's always, well, mostly always backwards compatible. So anyway, that wraps up our question segment, and uh, on to the music for this episode. The music for this episode comes from the wonderful Project Estati uh, fan album, and uh, this cover, I picked this one specifically because when do you ever hear this remixed? Uh, the answer is never. This is, uh, the arrangement is uh, introduction. It began with a letter. If you don't know, there is a song from Kingdom Hearts 1 called It Began With a Letter. It's the one that plays uh, when they read Mickey's letter and uh, Pluto is uh, snoozing in uh, Mickey's room. Uh, so that's that's where this song comes from, but it doesn't leave out there. Uh, I, I would definitely say listen to the song and listen to it through to the end because it, it builds up when you don't expect it. And uh, this song also includes Dearly Beloved and Dive to the Heart Destati, and they're really awesome. So definitely listen to the whole thing. Check out the Project Destati album. It's called Project Destati Light. Very good. And uh, if you like remixes of obscure Kingdom Hearts songs that would never get remixed anywhere, this is the place to go. Alrighty. So uh, our next Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 8th of December. Uh, that, sh yeah, as far as I understand, that is our last episode of the year. So definitely tune in for that. We'll have an awesome show over there. And uh, as always, you guys can subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts and we're number one. Yay. And of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, YouTube.com slash KHUnionVids, or... KHL Twitter, which is at KHL 
Alrighty, and uh, yeah, as always, you guys can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. And if you want your questions answered on the show, please send them to khuquestions at gmail.com. All right, Cheryl, it's quiet time. Uh, again? Yeah, it's that time again. Man, can't believe it. 2015's almost over, our, our last we episode. Still got, we still got two big events to go, places to experience yeah. in the beginning of December. Who knows? Who knows what could be there? Maybe Kingdom Hearts stuff would be there. Do you think the Kingdom Hearts stuff is going to be there at all? Um, I'd, I'd give it a 50-50 chance. I mean, considering 2.8 is a PlayStation 4 exclusive. Yeah. I don't think we'll see Kingdom Hearts 3, but, you know, I think 2.8 has some sort of chance. But at the same time, I doubt it because PlayStation Experience is more of like a, a North American event. I mean, if, if, if 2.8 was out in Japan already and Square Enix needed to hype up, you know, 2.8 over here, mm-hmm. then I think it would make an appearance. But but you never know, because Square Enix does attend PlayStation Experience. Yeah, so. that, that is uh, definitely an interesting point. I think, yeah, I, I would agree with you. I'm about 50-50 that 2.8 would be there. I don't think Kingdom Hearts 3 has to be there. Um, I think 2.8. But they can. It, it could it, be. I mean, it's possible, but I don't... I'll probably place it in a lower percentage than... Yeah, because... 2.8. You know, especially with Kingdom Hearts 3, it's not coming out soon. So, you know, PlayStation Experience always strikes me as a place where you show upcoming games, games that are coming soon. Yeah. So uh, 2.8, in my opinion, would sort of fit that because it'll, it'll probably make it next year. So that's why I'm thinking it might have a chance. And if they don't have it, then there's always Jump Vesta in a couple week, two weeks after that. I think the 18th and 19th of December. Uh, I would say also something to keep an eye out for at the PlayStation Experience and Jump Festa. Uh, you know, it's about that time for Final Fantasy VII to get its update, you know, because at E3, they promised that they would tell us more in the winter. And, uh, so this this would be around the time to do it. I'm thinking they will be present at one of these events. Uh, I think it might be at the PlayStation Experience. I think, uh, I mean, maybe Square Enix isn't the one that's hammering on the door to do this, but I think Sony will be because it was such a big hit for them at E3 that I think it'll be at the PlayStation Experience. Regardless, it's going to happen somewhere. Well, don't you remember it happened last year's oh, yeah. PlayStation oh, experience? They had the, <laughs> yeah, they had the Final Fantasy VII PC announcement, which got a lot of booze. So this would be a way for them to redeem themselves. I mean, well, they did redeem. Well, they did redeem at themselves at E3, E3, but this is to re- this is their chance to redeem the PlayStation experience. So yeah, true. So there's that. Another thing to look out for if you're a Final Fantasy 15 fan is that uh, the next uh, ATR uh, active time report should be coming out around end of 2015, early 2016. So uh, lots of things to look out for if you're a Kingdom Hearts fan, uh, Kingdom Hearts slash Square Enix stuff fan. Uh, so yeah, there's PlayStation Experience. Is VGX happening? Yeah, VGX should be happening, but they, they usually yeah. don't show anything. But they don't, yeah, they're, those VGX is more Go like, uh, I don't want to say more American games, yeah. but like they do show some Japanese games, but it's more like, to me, VGX will always be a, like as fake as MTV <laughs> awards, yeah. you know, so th- to me, it's, I would, it's not, I mean, if you're, I don't know, it depends on what type of games you like. I mean, if, if I know that there's, Square Enix isn't really a part of that, so if you're a Square Enix fan, you know, Focus more on PlayStation more experience. 
Yeah. It's more like uh, upcoming games, like you said, with PlayStation Experience, but more overall in general. Yeah. So keep an eye out. PlayStation Experience for sure. And uh, Jump Festa, which is uh, later in December. So yeah, lots of exciting stuff coming up. And of course, more exciting stuff for the show, definitely. Tune in to next show. We'll be talking more about next year, some of the cool ideas we have uh, for Kingdom Hearts Union. A lot of stuff's going to be changing on Kingdom Hearts Union and Final Fantasy Union. A lot of cool stuff we have planned for next year. Uh, so definitely stay tuned for that. Also, um, most definitely, I don't know, well, I'm not going to say knock on wood. I'll probably be hosting Final Fantasy Union. Uh, the next Final Fantasy Union would be in about two weeks of this releasing because Lauren and Daryl, they're having a baby. Woo! Yeah. And they'll be having it around the time, uh, around the time the next Final Fantasy Union is coming up. So uh, I'm going to try to crash that show. So definitely check out the next Final Fantasy Union. So enjoy that stuff. All right, Cheryl. I think it's goodbye time for real. Alright, goodbye guys. Thanks for listening. And I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.